are once again, episode three, season two. <laughs> <laughs> Deep in the basement studio. Yes, hiding out under the floorboards, um, buried far away. It actually smells like poo. You know what it is? It's the sink. I'm telling you, I I got it's it's a dump sink for my washing machine. No, I hate to yeah. tell you, but I I'm pretty sure Kathy's just been throwing the baby diapers <laughs> down the stairs. Oh God, just, I hope not. <laughs> hey, I want to tell you, I got a chance to get out and go see Miss Saigon presented by the Encore Repertory Company at the Stadium Theater over the weekend, and let me tell you, it was a great show. Um, I know you saw it because you were there working. <laughs> yeah. I'm retired, he says. I, I'm not I, yeah, doing it was, any more right now. Just one little coming yeah, out. One of little coming yeah. out. Yeah, well, a few shekels tossed your way. Yeah. Hey, yeah. you know, being in retirement has its perks. You Does know, it? the upcoming encore show. I got offered sexual favors to, oh, to do hey sound now. for that. I, you know who you are if you're listening. <laughs> you know. Hey, I gotta tell you though, I went to see the show, and you know, I don't go see many shows. Um, but it was an encore show, so we went to see it. Uh, it's not like an enjoyable experience. We don't get to go to the theater to enjoy the theater. It's like we're working. We're going to make sure that the show is good. It's a presentable show, and you know, um, uh, it's satisfactory to what you know encore is all about. And it definitely uh, met the standards. And it was a great show, and we really enjoyed it. But you know, I, I was sitting there and I was thinking about some stuff. Um, Every time we, you go see a show, usually um, you get a program, right? When yep. you walk in, yep. and uh, first ten minutes, if you're there a little bit early, you pick up your program and you start going through and looking at all the different job functions and who does what. And you know, I started thinking to myself, I was like, do people actually know what all these jobs are? I mean, you're looking at it, sure, you probably skip all the uh, technical stuff and you jump to either the musical numbers or who's in the show, um, you know, the cast list. But um, I was like, I wonder if people actually know, uh, like, what's, what is this person's function? What is this person's role within theater? And then I started thinking about it more and I was like, you know, when I was a kid and I started doing theater, I didn't know who any of these freaking people were. These were the people that did shit when I wasn't there. And then when I got to rehearsal, it was all done. <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah. you never had to you never had to know who your technical director was or your sound engineer or your lighting engineer or whatever you and had. It's like it's like watching the end of the, the movie credits and it's like rigor number seventy five. Exactly. And Gaffer, knows what that is. Best it, boy. Yeah. You know, all yeah. those and, and if you go to a movie, I mean the, the oh, list yeah, is yeah. insane. Uh, within the theater, it's it's still a good amount of people and Definitely. I know some some theater companies, a lot of people wear multiple hats, do different jobs and stuff like that. The great thing about working at Encore is we've worked it out where very seldom do you have to do more than one job. Uh, we like to hire everybody to do one thing. This way here, you can concentrate on your one thing and just, you know... Hopefully do it well. Yeah, get it, get your thing done, let everybody else worry about their thing, and as a collective, put on an amazing show. Um, so that's actually what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to talk about the ins and outs of the theater, um, basically what everybody's role is, what people are doing, um, and uh, you know, so the next time maybe you pick up a program and you see something like, you know, scenic designer, you, you can be like, hey, that means this guy, uh, you know, did this or painted the set or whatever that scenic designer is doing at that moment, you know. Uh, we probably won't cover everything, but I figured, you know, we could touch on some of the, the important players. Like sound engineers. <laughs> like sound engineers, that's right. <laughs> I remember back in the day, um, you know, when, and I say back in the day, I'm talking like within the last 15 years, um, 
working at the stadium theater, we used to actually hire out um, outside companies to come in and do sound. Um, and it was never something we we dealt with. It was just literally call the guy up, he would come in, nobody knew what he was doing, we just assumed he knew what he was doing, and they would do it. Yep. Um, and it's great now that we have you know yourself, Adam Landry, who's done it some, um, you know, some other people who have worked within the company. So now we're getting a better idea of what it is they're actually doing. You know, and I think it's great for, for everybody in theater uh, as an actor or as someone who just likes to work backstage to know what all the roles are and what all the functions are. Because you never know who you have to go to to talk about something. That's true. You know, true. I mean, I mean, again, as as a sound engineer, when you come in, who do you deal with the most? Oh, well, ideally, I would be dealing with the uh, the producer at first, and then from there, uh, I usually deal with the stage manager. Right, because you know you, you're you're dealing with bringing up cast members, yep. getting the equipment on them, uh, having to be able to have access backstage if you need to get back there and fix things. Yeah, and that's right. The, that's all the all the stage manager. She usually he or she usually gives me the hookup and right. Um, you know, I I don't like to. I keep my interaction with the cast at a minimum, right. you know, just what I need. So that telling them what to do kind of stuff, when they're supposed to be, where they're supposed to be, that's all all the right. stage manager. Right. Uh, and it's nice, too, because when we bring you in, we give you, you know, the opportunity to do your thing. Yep. You come in, you do your setup. Again, you don't have to deal with anybody. Once you're set up, we give you the opportunity to sit the cast down, have a little chat with them, and then give them your, your usual spiel. My, yeah, my spiel. <laughs> I'm, I'm making air the quotes. The threats. Yeah. <laughs> the threats of the sound engineer. Yeah. Um, but then once you technically do that one little chat, that's it. It's just the only time you really interact with them is when they come and get their stuff or if they're returning it to you. Yeah, um, or, you know, God forbid, an issue, but... Right, you know, right, if you're running back one there. On one basis and... But a lot of the times, if you can radio backstage say, to, yeah, like, a stage then, manager or something like that, let them know out. there's a problem. Plus, we usually have a tech, tech director nearby, so if you need a runner to go do something, we have that available, which is great. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's kind of go back, and we'll, we'll kind of go to the top, and we'll kind of work our way through. Um, one of the things i got to tell you that kind of spurred this whole conversation um, was uh, I heard that they're making some changes uh, at Stadium Theater. Um, I'm not sure who came up with the idea or who even thought it was a good idea, but they've decided that they're going to do away with, in my opinion, probably the most important job um, on a production crew. Uh, they're, gonna, they're looking to do away with producers, which... To me, is insane. Well, I mean, my first question is, who's going to handle all that administrative-y kind of? Because you don't want to put that on the director. I, 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 well, that's the thing. I know you don't want to put it on the director. Um, and it, I thought it was funny that in hearing that that's what was going to happen. Um, I, of course, me, I, I get very heated in the conversation, and I start asking a lot of questions. I'm like, well, why? Why would you want to get rid of a producer? The producer does all this important stuff. Why would you want to get rid of that? position and I guess the people that were having the conversation two of them that were involved in that conversation couldn't even explain what the job of the producer was and that was kind of baffling to me I was like how can you not know what this person does this person does everything you know yeah. uh, literally the producer is probably the most important person you know um, I went online and I pulled up some stuff to kind of help use as a guide um, but 
speaking from the experience, I've been a producer. I know what a producer does. Producer is a tough, tough job. You know, they're the person who literally oversees uh, the entire production. You know, it's their responsibility to basically hire all of the individuals who work on that show. So even though the director probably gets most of the accolades when a show is really good, um, that director wouldn't even be working on that show if it weren't for the fact of a producer bringing that director in. Yeah, that, that's kind of, it's interesting because, you know, just off the top of my head too, I'm thinking about, like you said, before the show even starts, mm-hmm. all the stuff that has to happen. All that pre-production. You know, and then the the uh, the interaction and approving of, you know, even things like the pit and all Absolutely. this other, you know, the music director might get the pit, but they work with the producer to mm-hmm. ensure that they're within budget. I mean, budget, right, right there. Budget, that's one of the you, big things, you absolutely. You don't have a producer who's, who's managing and handling the budget. Yes. You know, because the director's doing their thing. They're focusing on making this the best show they can possibly do. Right. And they don't want to be, or they shouldn't have to be doing all these other... Yeah, that's that's an interesting take on... I, I'm and, not really... And like you said, who is going to do all that extra stuff? It's like, our producers are so important. I mean, as a director, I just want to go in do my, my job, do my blocking, and then go home. You know, I want to be able to concentrate on the actors and doing my thing. I don't want to have to worry about ordering backdrops. I don't have to worry about um, is everybody else on the production crew doing their job. That's not that's not the director's position well, to that, are, be checking out everybody. Oh, is the musical director teaching them properly? Is he making yeah. sure his pit's ready? Is the set builder uh, building the set in a timely fashion, getting things done? I can't tell you how many times I've walked into a situation where, you know, uh, I start going, I go, I'll go to my producer and be like, so how are we doing on the set? Or I'll stop by the warehouse, check on the set, and it's not even close to where it needs to be. You know, so the producer has to start communicating with the builders to get them up to speed where we need to be communicate with the painters when they're going to be able to come in so are they are they making an an in-house position or are they just straight up getting rid of the producer they're i'm not 100 percent sure i don't know i don't know if they're trying to push it onto another position or if they want to create a new position i honestly don't know the reasoning behind it i'm gonna be very curious going forward how it's handled you know um i'm gonna be doing a huge show coming this fall and if I don't have a really good producer who is going to be able to to handle all of the important intricacies that are required for that show, hiring the best group of people to put on this huge production, how is it going to get done? <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, you know, they yeah. like you said, they oversee the budget, right? They they collaborate with the director and all the other staff, whether it's I mean, and, and there's a huge staff that goes under. So you figure if you're looking, like, let's say we're going to do like a pyramid or a tree or whatever you want to call it, and the producer's at the top, right? The producer is at the top. So then the group that streams under that, you have your director, you have your musical director, you have your technical director, you have your choreographer, you have, a, well, stage manager's more under a director, but you have... Um, your, your scenic artists, you have, uh, you know, all these other people, your your sound artists, your lighting designer, you have all these other people that the producer has to bring in to make the show what it is. Um, you take out that person at the top, how are all these people going to know what they're doing? Yeah, you know, like I said, my, my first phone call four months in advance of a show is usually 
typically the producer um unless you know like i said we the two of us have been there so long right i might get a call from you or someone just because we know each just other just giving you a heads up hey we got a production meeting coming up yeah, that's another big yeah. thing they they, oh, they yeah, get all the meetings together to make sure we scheduling meet finding a place absolutely yeah. they they book the rehearsal spaces what building because there's so many different spots now that we rehearse in have fun with that i, I know right <laughs> who's gonna be doing that we're all gonna be freaking rehearsing the parking yeah, that, lot that job alone sucks it, trying to find a um when we did um we did one flew over the cuckoo's nest years ago and uh, it, it was it was a small enough show, and it was the first time we were going to do a non-musical. So I took on the task myself. I was the producer, I was the director, and I actually was in it. Lesson um, learned. Oh my God! <laughs> if, if I ever said, "Hey, I'm going to do all these jobs," again, I wish someone would just punch me in the face and be like, "Uh, remember what happened during you know uh, Cuckoo's Nest? It was so much work because I'm trying to focus on the show, but meanwhile, I'm trying to get everything else situated, and it's like it was a never-ending job. It was never-ending. So to have that person there, that producer, to to be taken care of. I remember we did Les Mis, um, and there was an incident where. Um, our costumer kind of fell through and and didn't have any of the costumes we needed a week before the show. Yeah. We didn't know what was going on with costumes. It was like we didn't have everything that we needed. So, you know, the producer talked to one of the cast members and the two of them together were able to get in touch with this company. We ended up renting all these costumes and literally it was like in the last it was like in the final hours to get those costumes and luckily we got them and the show looked amazing had we not had a really good producer to do that we would have been going on bare ass yeah, or, or <laughs> you know or something suffers you oh know, totally like something, so if you if you're directing and at the last minute you have to stop what you're what you should be focusing on right. to do that right well what's the show's gonna suffer you know that exactly. little bit of polish at the end the fit and finish you might right. not be there you know uh, a last minute idea a tweak you know, may never happen, and sometimes those can make or break. I've worked with some really good producers. I've worked with some so-so producers, um, and I've worked with some in between. And you know what? No matter what caliber producer you have, um, we always seem to be able to pull off a really amazing performance. So why they would want to get rid of that position is just—it's just crazy. Let's, let's just get rid of directors. Why do we need directors? You know, that's not an important job. Directors, you're next. <laughs> They're coming for us, right? <laughs> Why would they not? They could probably have the musical director be the director no, as you well. Just, you just let the cast make all their own decisions. Sure, yeah. It'd be all improv and willy-nilly and, you know, chaos. and. Everybody on stage, just, just do what you feel is right. We're good. We're good. Everybody, we're good. <laughs> Oh man, so yeah, producers, and it's great because I did some. Re I was looking at some papers online. And I was looking at some stuff, and it's this is one line um, that I want to read you. This is actually off of a wiki page, and I know that people create these wiki pages, and they're not always 100% reliable. But this line, I was like, it says it all. Um, it says the producer works closely with the production team and cast, and make to make all the final decisions. The producer ultimately is one of the most important roles in a theatrical production. That line in itself, the produce, let me say it again, because it's that important. The producer ultimately is one of the most important roles in a theatrical production. I actually wrote that Wikipedia. Oh, oh yeah, okay. So you little footnote right there. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I think it's really important, and not just within our company, but I know there are other companies yep. that work at the theater as well that have kind of spun out of the theater. And um, 
it's happening to them too. We're not the only ones. It's not like they're just dropping this on on it's Encore. It's across the board. No, so, so don't they have a few positions there of people that are essentially full time producers, like the kids no, programs? Like, like a, and... No, that's the thing. There are no. They have what they call their these executive directors, which is technically the head of the group. So my wife and myself would be considered the technical directors or technical producers of Encore. And um, by taking out the role of the producer, they now want the head of the company, my wife, to basically do a producer's job. So they want my they want her yeah. to work on every show in the capacity of a producer. Dude, I got two kids. Yeah, that's we out. have nine to five jobs. We can't be doing that. And here's the thing. If I'm working on a show, my wife's at home. If my wife's working on a show, I'm at home. Yep. It's the only way to juggle a successful family and trying to do this theater stuff still. You know, if if we didn't have kids and we could be at the theater all the time, sure, I can understand that. Nobody, there's, and nobody's getting paid in the capacity of having a full-time job to be an executive director or producer of a company. No one has that as a full-time job. Yeah. I mean, if they want to create that position and hire someone for it, hey, you know, throw money at it. Maybe it'll stick. I don't know. But until that happens, we're, we're volunteers. This is community theater. You know, we can't be doing every single show every single time. We can't be attending every rehearsal, my, myself or my wife, you know, as heads of the company, uh, in a capacity to oversee everything that's happening. You know, I wonder if maybe like that's the disconnect because you think about it, you know, the, the people making the decisions on this, they they work at the stadium, right? So it is their full time job. But you and I, we've got a nine to five that pays the right. bills. You know, this is a this is an extracurricular activity for this us. This is supposed to be a hobby, right? <laughs> <laughs> so so for us, it's not like you can, you know, you make a change like that, and that maybe they don't. I don't know. Maybe giving them too much, uh, but it, it's. I, I'm, who knows? I'm, I'm who literally, knows? I'm literally beside myself with the whole thing. I don't get it. You know. I think we need to like take the uh, the little portable recorder and just do like an impromptu show up interview <laughs> and just be like, <laughs> let me ask you some Why questions. Why are you doing this? Why is this happening? I don't get it. Um, can yeah. We, can no. we request press releases? Is that? Uh... I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, but that's the thing. It's all internal. It's all yeah. all being the decisions are being made, and I don't know if it's a financial reason. I don't know if they're looking to save money. It can't um, be that much though. It's and I'll tell you it's what, not. These shows lately, they've been. Crushing, oh my God. just crushing. I looked at the, you know, uh, Miss Saigon that just finished. Yep, that show. Like, if, if they had another weekend, oh my God, they would have. Uh, I went to the Saturday performance and I was three there. rows from the, the top. Yeah, I was in the nosebleed section, and the show was great. Yep. It was it was so good. You're right. I think if they had done another weekend, they probably would have done very well yeah. with it. Even 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 the Mother's Day show, I was kind of like, hey, it's Mother's Day. How many people you're gonna have in? The bottom was filled. Yeah. They were up into yeah. the balcony. Absolutely. You know and. You figure, I mean, you know, four years ago, five years ago? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, definitely <laughs> not. not. No. 250 people? Not even. Um, but no, it's, you know, I'm just, I'm I'm concerned the the, the way of the producer. I, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, maybe we can get into some discussion about it and, yeah. and, and try to save it because it's important. I mean, I work on the kid shows um, and we've actually had so much interest and people learning the producer job, which is fantastic. They, yeah. you know, um, not every show has an assistant 
position so not every show has an assistant director not every show has an assistant producer um so the last couple of kid shows we've done we've had assistant producers there are people interested in learning and we're using those programs to help teach these people and it's fantastic you, you know what the other thing is though too and like you said earlier i think you said like you know two people basically were discussing this and decided um you know i think at work if we're gonna make some type of major organizational change that results in position shifting and essentially it is a giant organization right works with different theater companies you you would get like some type of uh group together a committee and and discuss the merits you know i'm <laughs> shaking my head wildly in disgust well, i know that's never gonna happen i know that's not what that's they did never gonna but happen if you really wanted to because i agree with you trust you, me. you would have people that something is going to suffer either a you're going to get burnout like we mentioned, and there's burnout. I mean, look, I'm, I'm burnout, the epitome I'm, of burnout. I'm, I'm burnt out. out. Yeah. Oh my god, I haven't stopped in 15 years. And then, and the, or two, you know, show quality is going to suffer. And that's then, what I'm afraid and of. That's and that's killer. Like so, a lot of my things that I do nitpick. You no, know, don't get me wrong. I love the stadium. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. It's like a, it's a gem in the northeast part of Rhode Island. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's really, I th personally, I think outside of PPAC. It's the nicest theater in the state. It's beautiful. Like the place inside is beautiful. It is gorgeous. You know, there are things that drive me nuts, though. <laughs> <laughs> Just drive me nuts. And I, I always want the show, like I'm like you always want the show to be. I want it, and maybe we can't get there due to budget and everything. But I want it to be oh, pack level. I want Definitely. this to be just. I want people to go and go. Wow, we got this for twenty two dollars. Like, right. damn, blown away. So. Anything that gets in the way of that to me, like, what are, what could they possibly be saving in money that would make it worthwhile if it takes away 1% of the quality of a yeah, show? I don't you know, know I, I don't know. I don't know. And it, we may be biased. <laughs> I'm extremely biased. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm but, not only because, you know, I work so closely with so many producers. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and here's the thing. If, if someone had an issue where maybe they were working with someone that maybe wasn't the best producer... I, I understand that. Stuff like that happens. We've talked about on um, past shows where, you know, director's not working out, we bring somebody else yeah. in. We just don't bring people back. But that's the thing. It's like anything else. We've had bad producers, bad directors, bad, bad tech stage directors, managers. bad stage oh, managers, absolutely. bad sound guys. Bad actors. Like bad actors. Shit you, happens. <laughs> you know, you, sometimes you hire, but you live and learn. And absolutely. you know the ones that do well, and you know, mm -hmm. but you've got to... But when you... I mean... To go on something you said earlier, you've said that we've been killing it with some of these shows lately. I mean, yeah, our, some of yeah. our shows have been amazing. And you know why that is? Because lately, we've been using the same teams. Uh, I like to call them dream teams. When you put a good producer, a good director, a good musical director, and a good stage manager together, yep. um, just, and a good choreographer, there's nothing you can do. There's you know, nothing you cannot do. I, I wonder if that might be it then, because you, you figure the, the producer... The director, the stage manager, essentially those three, music director as well, th those four, mm -hmm. they work together during that production probably more than and the anyone else. I would and say the choreographer. choreographer too. Um, so if there's a personality conflict there too, 
that's never a good thing. You know, if no. they're not. And again, a job of the producer is to keep the peace yeah, and get everybody that working and, together. And you know, maybe once you find that group that you work well with, you get those shows rolling. You know, I remember the uh, like way back when I started the the Dream Team back then, going uh, uh, Mark Johnson and uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't remember who else it was, but it's it's the same kind of all those personalities yeah. meshed well together. It did. And they were able to just churn out shows. It it doesn't feel like you're burning out because you're enjoying it because you right. work so well with those people. So mm -hmm. maybe it's a case of, you know, there were a couple personality conflicts and then a poor decision gets made. You never know how this stuff goes. Exactly. And especially I wasn't involved in the last yeah. show that we did. So whatever was going on, I had no clue, you know. And, it, and it's too bad because... You want your company to thrive on its own. You want to be able to step back, let it live, let it be the monster that you've created in a good way. Yep. Go and enjoy these amazing shows and sit back and be like, I helped create this. I was not involved in this directly, but I helped create this and it's an amazing it's an amazing product, it's an amazing, you know, piece of theater. Um, I don't want to have to be there all the time holding people's hands yeah. and being like, okay, now this is what you need to do. You know, that's, you hire one person to do all that hand-holding and that's your producer. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so, yeah, hopefully we'll we'll get that squared away. Um, some other things in the program that, you know, obviously a director, I think pretty much everybody knows what the director yeah, does. Yeah, we've, we've talked about director before and what some of the stuff you do. Yeah, you know, just... I throwing mean, shit at people. <laughs> and, you know, well, that's not technically what every director does. Well, maybe they do. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if, if the third did like me. Yeah, um, but no, you know, you, we. I think, you know, I've seen some really amazing shows done on that stage. Not just in our, in our stage, you know, where we perform theater, but I've seen amazing shows in other places. And that's the thing. If I see, like, a touring company come through, yep. I couldn't tell you who directed that show. I couldn't tell you who the director was. I could maybe recognize a couple of the actors in it. Um, if it's Broadway, you definitely know who's in it. Um, can you name a Broadway director or? Uh, no, uh, but I can <laughs> name Broadway producers. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, no, yeah. you probably no, could. It's, it's. I mean, they get a lot of the credit because they do. They're the ones pulling the strings. Absolutely. Um, but no, I, I don't think I could name a, a Broadway director. I couldn't either. Or any, you know, outside the ones I work with. And that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, once you get it down to a community theater level, there are a lot of directors in the state of Rhode Island doing community theater. I, we know yeah, a lot of them. I'll tell you, I, it's kind of cool, too. And one of the benefits of doing sound for all these different shows, I've gotten to meet a lot of directors. Right, right, right. And not a single one of them does things the same way. Definitely not. They Everybody has their own style. They all do it differently. Sure. And it, but it's, it's kind of cool, too, because mm -hmm. you see, like... You see how certain styles work well here, and certain styles work well there. Right. And you know, there's pros and cons to everything, but it's uh, it is cool to see how how the casts react to different styles. Yeah. Um, and you know, I hate to I hate to jump back to producer again, but it's interesting because sometimes you know there are certain things the director is good at, and certain things the director is bad at, and depending on their style, like I've seen some really. Um, like kill you with kindness, lovey directors, and the shows are great. But in that situation, a lot of the uh, the control and reprimand is coming, is from, coming from the producer. Absolutely, um, and it gives the director the ability to be that way. Makes you know, them kind can, of the good guy. Exactly, yeah, they can yeah. they can be nice about things and and have the producer be the heavy. Yep. And I've seen the opposite as well. Yeah, I've seen yeah. really like really. I personally, I'm a tough director, and you know, but I also have good producers backing me up on my decision making. Yep. Who know, um, you know that 
it's gonna get done. I'm gonna kind of do it in a different way than some other people might, but they're definitely gonna yep. get that 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 quality, which is important. Hmm. Um, but yeah, directors. We have some great directors in the company. Some great directors uh, in Rhode Island, um, especially. You know, I know a lot of local theater stuff um, going on. Uh, I, I wish we got a chance to get out more and see some stuff. Uh, we got to definitely get outside of our community and yeah. start chatting up yeah. with some other people. That's something I'm looking for. I'd love to get some directors to sit down with us. And like you said, everybody has a different style. So to be able to chat. Big network tease. I've got talking about going outside, but I've got something to tell you. But I'm gonna wait till the next episode. Ah, <laughs> you, you fucking tease. <laughs> Big network. Tease. But um, yeah, directing definitely. You know, uh, I would say right under the producer is probably like uh, your top, because that's the guy. That's literally the guy who's helming the entire production. You know, um, they're basically overseeing uh, artistically how everything's gonna flow. Working very tightly with the musical director, the choreographer, um, you know, the stage manager, the, uh, any set builders or uh, any scenic designers, you know, because it's basically the vision of the director that we're all trying to bring to life. Yep. Um, and I've worked with some people who are really open to some crazy ideas and they and they love that shit they're just like yeah that sounds fantastic let's try that and i've worked with some people who are just like you want to do what yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's fine too because you kind of maybe bring them around and, and and get them on board and then they finally see it once it's done and they're like oh my god i totally get it now yeah it's it's really cool um as a director and not only do i like being a director as an actor i like being directed you know i like a, a good director someone who really knows um i i hate to and and i don't like to you know point out any specific people but we've mentioned in the past we've worked with people where maybe some of the the vision isn't so grandiose as maybe it should be and you know as an actor you know be to have that kind of a director as your leader, that's very scary, you know, because you're like, what have I just gotten myself into? Whereas on the flip side, if you've got a director who knows exactly what they want, who's very uh, immediate in all the decision making. Like I went to a production meeting for an upcoming show uh, coming this summer and um, the director of that show, I literally, um, I'm, I'm doing the tech uh, directing for that show I was given photographs I was given ideas I was given like um, uh, I was given a, 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 basically a drawing what the set's going to look like so I can start planning where wow. I'm going to put lights and all that stuff and this was at the first production meeting I saw this director hand the choreographer a list of notes like this is where the dance starts in the music like two pages on the, in like single space wow. it was it was very it was very um, wow. It was very specific and at the same time it's like you know the director did their research they know exactly what they want to do and they were able to get everybody on board right up front so going forward you know now if we just have questions we can just tweak it as we go mm. but yeah she's, she's ready to rock and roll on that show which is going to be great um, and that's you know that's what you want on a good director you know and from one of the heads of the company you know I'm glad we have directors who can do that. Uh, she's not the only director. We have other directors in the company. The, the core directors I think that we have now are very good directors. Um, you know, we, we keep having them back because they do such amazing jobs. They're, the shows that they put on are just fantastic. And um, we just... Every time they, they, they deliver uh, a new show, it's just, it's just, it's 
just as amazing as the last one that they did, which is great. And and what's awesome too, I don't know how it is in other companies, there's no competition yeah. within Encore. All the directors know each other, they're all friendly with each other, we all work on each other's shows, so it's really this this family or this friendly camaraderie, <laughs> and you know, it, it's, it's, it's just a great feeling to be at that point. It's funny too, because like uh, at Saigon this weekend, I think at one point, like I was standing at the board talking to you, uh, Megan, Becca, and somebody else was over there. And it's like people come up and they're like, "Oh, you know, like Megan, this was a great show." She's like, "Oh, I actually didn't." didn't yeah, they didn't think direct she directed it. it. And then I'm it's like got, someone totally else, and then someone else, like five minutes later, would be like, "Oh, Fred, this yeah. was a great show." Yeah. Like, uh, nope, it wasn't, didn't it wasn't it. Saigon. It was a couple yeah. of shows ago. It wasn't. I think it was JCS. Somebody came up to me for JCS <laughs> and congratulated me on a great show. And as soon as they did, I was like, "Oh no, that was Megan. That wasn't me." Yeah, but it's funny, like on any on any given night, you know, all you you'll all be there supporting sure. the other directors. Absolutely, and, absolutely. And yeah, yeah. It is, well, like, I I joked earlier, you know, basically saying that it's it's not fun for us. It's like a job because we're overseeing it. But at the same time, when it's all your friends involved yeah, yeah. as the production crew, as the actors, it, it makes you feel really good. That hey, yep. these are my friends. Look at look at what we're doing. You know, we're having a lot of fun i hope and, uh, <laughs> most of the time <laughs> most, of the, most time. of the time and uh you know people are doing what they love and they just put on these fantastic shows i mean uh i don't know if it's been announced yet but i know the upcoming season for encore has got a lot of big shows in it and it's going to be uh i'm looking forward to seeing all the great stuff that we're able to bring um so yeah producers are important directors are important um, musical directors you know i know um usually at within our organization um the producer will hire a musical director to come in yep. and um then it's the responsibility of the musical director to teach the cast the music you know make sure they're doing all the parts and i'm going to tell you i know nothing about music that's why um when the producer is hiring a, a musical director, I'm always interested to hear who's getting on board because, again, we have a bunch of great musical directors in our organization. And um, even the new one that we just brought in, uh, you know, he, he played for Saigon. He was amazing. Yeah, he was, sounded fantastic. He was excellent. I'll tell you, he was a great guy to work with, too. Yeah, and, and that's and a great that's guy to work with. what we wanted. Yeah, that's yeah. what we want to hear. You know, again, I didn't work on that show, um, but that's what we want to hear. And he's already booked to do another show with us, which is fantastic. That's good to hear. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, the pit sounded amazing. He hired a pit. Yeah. They sounded great. Um, and he really knew his stuff. You know, he the cast sounded awesome. Um, and, and again, that's, I think, a very good musical director has that knowledge to hire an amazing pit, you know, to to rehearse with them separately and then bring them in during the rehearsal process teach everybody or get together with everybody see i don't know how it works but it fucking sounds amazing yeah and i'll, I'll tell you that that, that pit sounded as a little little sidetrack like i don't know how you got some of those people to play in the pit mm -hmm. but like some of those guys were you know big names in the state really that, that play for you know uh um uh, uh not the, not the round philharmonic the um the american band what's one of the other big pops bands in the state and sure yeah <laughs> yeah but uh you know big some big names yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. teaching at well, Rhode Island college for teaching instruments and like that so some some talent there it's amazing when you can bring a musical director in and they bring their their contacts in the people they've worked with the people yeah. they like to work with because it just enhances our performances that much yeah. more yeah you know it's it's fantastic I mean, i've seen it go the other way too sometimes Ooh, i've seen that go the yeah, other way too we've had, yeah had discussions on that but yeah. um 
but uh, yeah, no, this this was a case of uh, he did a he did a great job, especially his first time out with Encore, you know. Yeah, no, I, and I I look forward to hearing more from him and work and, and myself possibly working with him in the future too. Yeah, yeah he did a great yeah. job. And even I mean, not just him, but um, some of the past musical directors we had. You mentioned Mark Johnson earlier. Yeah, uh, yeah. Back in the day, before he moved away, you know, he was great to work with. You guys um, have had a really good run of musical directors. You know, it was it was Mark, it was me, and I think it was. Kathy and maybe Megan interchangeably for a little while. Actually, it was mostly Kathy, but Megan did a few. Yeah. And uh, we would we called ourselves the Dream Team because anytime you put the three of us together, we were just banging yeah. out shows. And uh, I mean, that might sound a little, uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're okay. yeah, a little bit. But um, you know, it, he was he was a great musical director. Um, Jeff Kimball, f- huh. fantastic guy to yeah. work with. He's put some amazing pits together. Uh, you know, I worked with him on my favorite show, Spring Awakening. I know I mentioned that one. Yep. Probably every. I think we got to go back. I think I mentioned that show every podcast. <laughs> uh, that was by far Probably. one of my favorite shows, and, and he ended up that one. And that he's was a, a great he's a good show. guy. He actually he helped me out uh, uh, with this show. With uh, so they had those two, they had those two big towers yep. on the side of the stage. Yep. And like I was getting some serious mic interference, and he came on uh, Thursday night, or no, he came Wednesday night, which oh, okay. was the first rehearsal. So my right. first time out there, and I was having a bear of a time with these frequencies, and uh, so he was over and he was talking to me uh, at the intermission, and um, I'm like, man, I, I, you know, I know it, there could be some type of like faraday cage type effect or something mm-hmm. going on and I'm like but i'm not a science guy and he's like i'll science the shit out of this well isn't he like an engineer yeah, so like that? <laughs> i didn't know that so he's got he's got like a, a program and he's writing with a pen and he's got his calculator out That's and a, awesome. like a formula and, and he's like well if the spacing on the mesh is five centimeters apart it could block the frequencies within the range of what? <laughs> i'm like so what do i do <laughs> That's awesome. no, but he did, like he's science and, yeah. and he's a he's a yeah a, a music director yeah exactly <laughs> slash yeah. engineer yeah science guy well in his in his spare time he's a music yeah. director right in his real life he's smart yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no that's fantastic though yeah, another yeah, funny impressive. thing and you know we'll, we'll get into it we get into tech director speaking of gadgets i watched the tech director on this show basically run some of the lights off of his cell phone and i thought that was fantastic that was really cool yeah that was really, that was cool. really cool so why don't we do this we'll, we'll put a break in here uh you know we'll, we'll do some ads and then we'll come back and we'll get into some more of these uh awesome roles that you know we've, we've got people working on uh, all these amazing shows so uh we'll be right back after this Behind the Act Curtain is sponsored by Macaulay Music Studio, featuring lessons in acoustic and electric guitar, electric bass, beginner piano, ages 5 and up. Also has a full featured recording studio that specializes in audition demos. You can visit the website at macaulaymusicstudio.com, Macaulay is spelled M-A-C-A-U-L-A-Y, or contacting Matt at 401-347-2390 or macaulaymusicstudio at gmail.com. are back while we were listening to some ads i was thinking you know what the shittiest job in theater is stage managing yeah probably (laughs) probably and let me tell you why i've directed a lot of shows and i've been involved in a lot of productions and the shittiest job probably has to be stage manager which is unfortunate but if you can find a really good stage manager it's like gold that's and and I've worked with a few really good ones and uh it's it's just amazing, you know, that 
one person has to carry so much burden for the entire run. I mean, as as important as a producer is to a show, the stage manager, in my opinion, is probably there the most. Because, I mean... Yeah, they should be probably the first one there and the last one to leave. First one to open up. They're opening up. They're closing. They're making sure the cast is there. Uh, they're responsible for running the rehearsal. Uh, you know, if, if it's a music... I know we usually switch it up. We have a music night. We have a choreography night. We have a blocking night. Um, I know as a director, I require the stage manager to be at all my rehearsals because they have to write all the blocking down. So if somebody misses something, they can come and get it from them. They have to get people to work on props. They have to get people to work backstage. They have to run the show. Um, you know, they got to get spot people. They have a huge job. Um, and I've always said, I've never been a stage manager. I probably would never want to be a stage manager. I'd probably be an awful stage manager because the minute someone was all like yelling my name across the room, I'd be like, what is going on? <laughs> um, but no, uh, stage managing is a tough, tough, tough job. And I give kudos so, to anybody who can do it. It's, all, it's one of those kind of thankless jobs too. It totally is a yeah, thankless job. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, I know, I like, uh, Renee Bernier has stage managed a few shows for me and I will yell her name across the theater and the minute she hears it she knows I'm looking for her. doesn't matter where she's in the building yep. yeah she knows uh, something's up so uh, it's, it's, it's tough because there's so much responsibility and not only are they in charge of the entire backstage area during the course of a production, they're not even back there most of the time I would say 95% of the time they're sitting at a lighting board on a headset running a crew backstage and they're not even there with them i, I find like a, a stage manager it, and it's the same thing as a, a sound guy the best compliment a stage manager can get is that no one says or knows anything went wrong exactly right like that's that's it like that's what you get that's your compliment right. you're like no one says anything you're like yeah but did it. when you see something yeah. it's automatic it's like what is going on Good oh stage yeah that's manager. that stage manager absolutely whether it's lights coming up too fast or you know it's something not getting out on stage you know i've been i'm one of those directors who you know during a tech week you know i'll be up at the back walking around and the stage manager will be running the board trying to communicate with the spot people the people backstage on headset they're trying to get the set moved and we're probably doing a show with a massive set if there's flying involved and i'm right over the stage manager's shoulder being like why is this happening why is this happening why is this going why aren't they out there come on make it move faster like they have magic powers to get it to go you know this is a, this is a good intervention time i don't know if anyone's ever told you but you are kind of a hoverer i totally a little, am a hoverer I'm, but here's the thing, um, I'll do that during the tech week. But the minute we hit show one, that's true. I back that's right true. off because it's done at that point. Yep. I have control over it during tech week. The minute the shows come, it's out of my hands because either we're gonna get it or we're not. Hopefully, we're gonna get it. <laughs> so you know, it's tough. But um, like I said, we've had some really good stage managers come through, and I give a lot of credit to, to anybody who can do it. That's a position that I feel like people don't usually last long. They do, you know, three, four shows tops. And, yep. <laughs> and then they're a, like, fuck a, this, yeah. I'm out. Yeah, you need a break. Peace, my drop. A, it, it, only, it, takes, it takes like one show that's really stressful to really right. to just crush their souls. And it can. Oh, and it can. And it has, you know. Um I've I've worked with some really great people on one production and then they never come back and you're like oh okay and it's not for everybody like I said it's not for everybody but those people who do it I give them a lot of credit I give a lot of credit to um, choreographers you know um, that's another important job uh, a producer who can 
uh, find really good choreographers, that's, I mean, that's really what can really make a show. Um, we have some great choreographers in Encore. Um, I've seen some other shows at other companies where some of the dancing is really great, uh, and, and it really enhances that production. Like I said, I went to see Saigon over the weekend, and there was a particular dance. Um, oh, that, that crazy, it was the Ho Chi Minh. Is it that crazy mask scene? Yeah, it was like that what Ho Chi Minh hell, number. Yeah. And um, as soon as I saw it, you know, yes, I sit in, as an audience member, and I don't. I'm not. I'm not in the mindset of oh, so and so did this, so and so said that. I'm just enjoying it. But at intermission, I ran into the choreographer and I said, "You did that Ho Chi Minh scene. That was you, right?" And she was like, "Yeah." She looked really hard to do. I said, "It looked like it was hard to do, but it looked fantastic. It was such a cool, you know, because they had the masked people dancing around, and then they had the soldiers all doing the marches." Um, and the compliment I said was, even in such a small space, like you said, those towers that they had on yeah, stage of kind of shrunk the space yep. down. And she said she had to change a lot of that just because she had less room than she had originally thought. Yeah, they did that. Um, uh, they did that gun dance at the end yeah, too. That was really, yeah, it was yeah, really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, really cool. Um, and not just you know in that show, but some past shows that we've done. I mean, um, you know, Megan Bernalt's uh, one of our choreographers, Kathy Fortier. Uh, some of the stuff that they do. Look at the Poppins. The oh, Mary Poppins uh, yeah. was insane. You know, uh, Meg did that super califragilistic dance, and and that was funny because I said to her, I said. Everybody has to learn that dance for the show because everybody's going to do it for the finale. I said, you know, you're going to get to hand select pretty much who's going to be uh, in the actual Super Cali scene, but then everybody else is going to be um, just in the finale. And there are people who are not dancers at all who learned that number and pretty much held their own, I think, with, with the rest of them. I would have dropped out. <laughs> I wouldn't have made it. I would have been <laughs> huffing and puffing. I remember back... Um, we were having auditions. This wasn't even in a show yet. This was an audition. We were auditioning for uh, Bessel Whorehouse in Texas, and uh, Kathy Fortier was the choreographer. And she did this number. It involved some kind of weird kick, swivel, turn, and... I was like, I, I couldn't figure out how she was doing it. It was like defying gravity. I just didn't understand. I tried doing it. I fell on my ass. I was like, I just don't know how she's doing it. And I don't know if you've ever seen a choreographer at work. They don't use the traditional counts of like one, two, three, four, one, two, three. They don't do that. It's more like one, two, boom, slide, kick, yeah. kick, hip, zik, kick, seven, thrust. nine. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what are you going to They have their own language. Yeah. And uh, it, it's, it's really fun to watch them work um and as a director usually what i like is a choreographer who i can just not even be there they'll create this number and then i get to just come in and watch it and you know um i usually give them a it needs to fit here and here this is how the scene is ends begins make it fit in the middle and uh i come to rehearsals i'm just blown away by what i've seen i know um rent when we did rent there was some awesome choreography in that show um i think that was the first time i saw I hope I'm right saying this. I think that's the first time I saw Meg as a choreographer. I don't know if she did anything else before that um, by herself. And, uh, you yeah. know, I didn't even start directing that show. So she had already started working on it before I even got there. So I got to see some of the stuff that she had already done. So to play catch up, I just incorporated what she had already done and just wove everything else to that, which was really cool. You know, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun um, to see. 
and I mean choreographers they're hard to come by a good choreographer is hard to come by um, and we have a few other ones now that are budding in, in the company I know like Cameron and um, Kaylin you know they've been helping or assisting um, and I don't know oh actually Cameron's been doing some on her own she's done some of the kids shows I think she did um, Into the Woods for me uh, so yeah you know it's great that we have all these people coming up in the company, and they're learning all these jobs. I'll never understand any of that dancing stuff. Oh, me neither. I stay away from it. I stay away from it. I, I shouldn't be in a musical to begin with, so <laughs> I want to be as far away from that as humanly possible. Oh, man. So, yeah, um, choreographers, you know, another very important part of the whole process. Um, tech directors, you know, um, those are a good tech director is... I kind of teased it coming in, going into the break. Um, Dean, uh, Dean Palmer was tech director for Saigon, and I watched him stand on stage with his cell phone adjusting lights, and I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You know, he knows his stuff. I know he does that um, professionally, or he used to do that professionally, yep. and uh, so he knows how all that stuff works anyway. Um, and he's a cool guy. And he's, yeah, he's a great guy. You can sit and you can chat with him, and, yep. you know, he's... Um, He's not full of himself, but he knows his stuff, which is great. You know, I've done some tech directing, and um, Cara Vieira, who's only what seventeen years old, she's done some. She's done full tech shows yeah. by herself. All right, yeah, it's, it's easy it's, over there. No, no. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! I said no, seventeen years no, old. You got a little weird in no, the eyes. No, I'm just saying it's it's funny. Like she's one of those people that we've seen like come up through the oh, started absolutely. as an actor oh, and then worked yes. her way to tech. Yes, yeah, because yeah, I is, made her cry in her first show. Yeah. So and now she's you know she's running full tech shows which is fantastic. Hey, I, I already last show I just Saigon I told her my one of my favorite tech people she turns all my mics off for me. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. a good tech person. And you know the the responsibilities of the tech person you know you go see all these shows and they're responsible for all the special effects you see whether it's you know the the, the, the lighting the smoke effects um, anytime we bring flying in. Uh, to do a flying production, the tech director is heavily involved in that, uh, making sure it's all installed correctly and safely. And you know, um, it's and that's one of those jobs you know that I don't know if a lot of people know. The tech director might attend a few meetings, uh, might do a few things outside before the show starts. But initially, Tech Week is when the tech director shows up. So literally, he's there or she's there for like a week. You know, it's not like all the yeah. other jobs where you're working for three months, building sets, painting sets, uh, doing all this extra work. You know, tech director has to really get their work done in such a small amount of time. That's why we have Tech Week, you know. So um, when we move into the theater, we spend an entire day just working on loading in the set, getting all the lights ready, setting everything up. Um, most shows you can do it in one day. Some Some shows you do it in two, but... If you can get it all done fast and, and you have a really good tech director to get that done, you know, and you can just sit back and see the magic happen, that's that's really where it's starting to you know, yep. unfold. Uh, and then you have a lot of other people in this list. Um, costume designers. We've had some amazing costume designers. Yeah, I'll tell you, again, recently, like the last, you know, five, last six shows. shows like, sure. Mary man. Poppins, huge costume show. Yeah. That's fantastic. Even yeah. Saigon had some great costumes in it. Oh, yeah. Um, well, anything well, that has, was... like, a, a period piece to it. Like, I mean, Saigon, Vietnam War, uh, you know, everybody's got to be in the military fatigues. Well, even those, those masks. I heard oh, after that they, they made those. Oh, somebody... 
in the cast made those? I think someone made those oh, masks, no like and like the painting on them. And see, I, I didn't thought see they them were up close, but oh, from yeah. a distance, they were really yeah, cool. Yeah, no, they were yeah. like they were literally like molded, hand painted masks. Oh, nice. Like, damn, they must have had a mask party. <laughs> like like when they did JCS, they had a tanning party. I just, I just like closed my eyes and it, like I had like a like an eyes wide shut. <laughs> Not that kind of party. <laughs> what, what were you up to? <laughs> but um, dirty. Yeah, we've got some. I mean, if you actually drive by the Stadium Theater building right now, uh, they used to have um, all those windows used to be boarded up because all the glass was broken. Well, yeah. they've replaced all the glass and now they're featuring costumes from shows um, that the Encore Repertory Company has put on. Literally every single costume in those windows is an Encore show, uh, which is fantastic. Um, we've had great customers over the years, you know, create this uh, giant warehouse basement full of costumes. They, they rent that all now too, right, don't they? I think I think the theater starting? is starting to rent some of them uh, and stuff like that. Uh, but the people who are creating these things, just amazing. I know Johnny Cagno, who uh, just did... Um, he did Poppins, and he did, um, what else did he do? Before that, he did another one of the big shows. Oh, he did one of the stadium shows. Yep. Um, anyway, the stuff he does is just amazing, uh, His the work he does. Um, Gina Rice did Alice for me, for uh, Alice Winland Jr. with the kids, and you know she had to make over 100 costumes. Because Alice is like one of those shows that is so big costume wise yeah, because it's, it's like everybody's more than three characters yeah. basically it, it was insane the amount of costume changes that they had uh, and she had I think one parent like one main parent helping her and she created all those costumes and they look great and I like as a director to give as much freedom to my act uh, to my uh, customers as possible unless it's something actually specific that I want I'll sit down with them in the production meeting and be like alright I want this this and this and then everything else is up to them and their imagination uh, to, to just to just create um, and it lets and I think it's more enjoyable for them to, to be able to do that yep. you know because they can just make all these awesome costumes and I can just sit back and enjoy seeing them I remember one of the moments in um, Mary Poppins they were doing the Super Cal number, and the first time they did it in costume, I literally didn't even get to enjoy the number as awesome as it was, because I was too busy recognizing all of the different styles and costumes and wigs and who had a big tie on versus who had the, the Rick James wig. I mean, every time somebody moved, there was somebody new in a crazy costume. I was like, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, you come to a show and and you see these amazing costumes and it looks so professional. And again, it's all volunteers, people get involved. It's not a full-time job. And uh, they do some great, great, great stuff, which is just awesome. And then some other very important, uh, notable uh, roles within the organization, or not the organization, within the production, um, you know, set builders. We've had some amazing sets, giant multi-level sets, you know, um, and the set builders are required to literally... Uh, I'm not an architect by any means. Uh, I do some of my best work on cocktail napkins. You know, I'll, I'll throw up a little <laughs> sketch of what I want. I'll be like, hey, can you build this? Uh, and then they take it and they turn it into something amazing. And they've got to work with the constraints of getting it to fit into, into the, the space theater. it needs Absolutely. to go through. Literally, and, you got to go yeah, through like what? Yeah. It's a six foot by five foot door I'll on one you, side. If anyone's listening, like, 
that would be a great like capital improvement project to make those doors bigger. Oh, I don't know no. if they could, how they do they it. They can't because that's where the the, the flying. You no, know, I was thinking about that, but they've got the alleyway there. What if they put it right? You know the side door. What if yep. they blew out a door in the back right there on the brick? You talking about like where that little yeah, like where, where the ladder is that you go up, where they put the where the ladder where they hang that where they push the big ladder, like oh, right yeah. there, just. Well, there's a lot right of electrical. There. I think there's a lot of electrical is in there. Yeah, is there? Is it just conduit, though? Could they move that shit? I bet. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be know. some way. <laughs> It'd be nice to have, like, a big rear yeah. entrance door. Yeah. Uh, when I used to work at the um, assembly the theater, alley. they had a huge double door that opened right out the center back of the theater. Yep. And they could back a truck right in and load through there. And that was that was just a huge We just do that. Just get, just get rid of the alley altogether. And I was hoping one day they would just... Close it all in, you know. Just blow the back, blow the back wall up. Yeah, well, push it back. Give you more room. Be nice. Yeah, it'd always be nice to have more room. <laughs> um, so set painters, you know, set painters another important role. Um, we we build these giant, massive Mondo sets to come in. You yep. need somebody to come in and paint them. Uh, I know the Mary Poppins set looks fantastic. Um, we had uh, Ashley Lopes and I think Steph Witz. Uh, Suviera got into that, and then I guess they brought in some of the cast members to, um, you know, round it out because that set was huge. It was such a, it was a two level. The Banks House itself was just gargantuan. Then all the other things we added that had to be painted. And that set had um, a lot of cool details. It too. did. It had yeah. a lot of cool details. Even you know the, our smaller shows like the Encore Kid shows. We did Alice and uh, Ashley and Steph painted that one as well, and uh, just the little things that they could have fun adding. Like I know. Um, Actually, there was a there was a piece that had all these mushrooms for the caterpillar, and each mushroom had like a def, different Disney theme to it. Like one had like Mickey heads on it, one had the anchor for Donald, huh. one had goofy hats. Um, if you weren't up close, maybe you didn't see it, but just knowing that that's on there yeah, is yeah. actually pretty cool. Um, and it's great too. You know, uh, I was on Facebook and. You know how you get those um, memories? Oh, seven years ago yep, this happened. Yep. Five years ago this happened. Well, one popped up for Full Monty. And it happened to be uh, me and my wife coming up from the downstairs dressing room. And it just happened that you could see the car. We had the, the, the Volkswagen bug in the background. And you could see a portion of the set. And it was actually um, the lead character in that shows. I think it was his bedroom. It was like the piece was spun, and there was a somebody had slapped a poster on the wall. This hot chick, like scantily clad. And that was my favorite part of that whole set. <laughs> so that was something I was like, I want to take that home with me when we're done. But uh, that just seeing that set again just reminded me how awesome you know of a show that was. And just based on that one piece alone, it brings back all those memories of all the other cool stuff that we did um, for that show. Uh, set design, you know, we have sometimes we have set designers just design sets. Sometimes the director will design the set themselves. Um, but you know, working with the builders, uh, I know um, we used to have this great set designer, Al Alfie Joan, who uh, went off to he's like in Wales studying to be an amazing set designer. Hope to get him on the podcast one day. But um, he did the Shrek set. He did a couple other sets for us. Mm. And he would come in. I'd be like, I just want this, 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 and this. And he would literally blueprint everything. And he'd be like, we can do this and we can do this. This isn't really going to work, but if you want, we can try this. And then he would just build it, paint it. He did it all. He was he was fantastic. He was really good to have. Um, so, and, you know, we've had... Um, Makeup artists, you know, um, that's something you think of a lot, but 
a show like we did Alice in Wonderland. Oh my God, there was so much makeup in that show. It was insane. Um, Ashley Lopes came in and she, she's a makeup artist. She does hair and makeup. She did a lot, um, not just teaching the kids what they were going to be doing, but having the parents who uh, were helping their kids, uh, teaching them what these kids needed to look like, and you know, get all their makeups together and stuff like that. Yep. So you know, it's 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 amazing how many people uh, go into these these shows. I mean, our production crews are huge. Anytime you go into the theater and you pick up that program and you flip to that first page and you see all those people, you know, like I said, you might not know what all of them do, you know. But if you can recognize, you know, like sound engineer, hey, what the hell does that guy do? You know, who's that nothing. guy? Who's that, I do <laughs> who's that guy sitting there pulling the levels up and down? You know, I mean, sound engineer, you you do you do a lot for those shows, you know. Um, and I think that it's very important to have these amazing producers who can be smart enough to bring together the. The groups that they do to hire you again and again, even though you say you're retired. I am retired, yes, sir. I'm, I'm retired. But you know, those producers will come to you and they'll be like, "Hey, can you can you do the show? Can you work it into your schedule?" Well, they used to. Now, no one can come to me because there's no one to do it. So well, that's right. Now, if we don't have producers, <laughs> who's going to ask you, right? No one. Yeah. And that's when the sexual favors start to come into play. Ooh, I, I like this. I like <laughs> wow. I love you, Melissa. <laughs> so She doesn't listen to this. Yeah, right. So if, you know, if you were ever wondering what some of those jobs were, you know, I thought we... It'd be nice to sit yeah. down and discuss yeah. some of those things today and uh, let people know, you know, what, what's going on in the theater, what everybody's responsibilities are, what everybody's doing. And if you're thinking of volunteering, one of those positions could be you. Exactly. You know, we're always, you know, you can check us out, mm -hmm. Encore Repertory Company, uh, EncoreRepco.org is our website, um, or you can send an email to um, EncoreRep at, I think, Verizon. I think it's net. Verizon, yeah. Yep. Hey, get uh, you shadowing somebody or, Absolutely. You know, Come join the fun. <laughs> we make it sound so fun. <laughs> <laughs> it really is fun. Yeah, it is fun. fun. No, it is fun, fun. in the long run. Uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, we, we play hard. We work hard. But look at look at the uh, look at the end product. It's amazing. Yep. And nothing feels better than when that curtain opens on opening night and that show goes off, uh, I won't say without a hitch, but mostly without a hitch, and the show comes to an end, and all of those people have just had an amazing experience. You know, they, they compare us to touring companies, you know, which is great. That's that's a great compliment. I yeah. love hearing stuff like that. I love when people are like, oh, I went to see this show at such and such, but I love this one so much more. It's another great compliment. Um, so... We'll keep at it, but we need people to, you know, well, work on these shows. You'll keep at it. I'll keep at it. You'll be around. You ain't going anywhere. You're going about as far as these producers are going. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. All right. I think that's going to be it for this week yeah. on uh, Behind the Act Curtain. So uh, next week we're going to have, or not next week, next time we sit down, we're going to have actually uh, someone that was in the production of... Uh, Miss Saigon. Minor role. Sit, just a little tiny, teeny, Very tiny minor. part. Yeah, he'll be uh, coming in. Uh, Brian Lopes will be on the show, and we look forward to talking to him. And uh, let's... Um, I, got a, I got some questions for that guy, but we'll, we'll talk to him <laughs> when he gets there. So that's it for this week. I'm Fred Fortier. I'm John Roberts. And we'll see you behind the act curtain. You've been listening to Behind the Act Curtain. 
You can follow us on Facebook at Behind the Act Curtain or on our website, BehindTheActCurtain.com. Original music by Shaded Glitch. You can download his debut album, Lost in a Labyrinth, on iTunes and follow him on all social media. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, send us an email at BehindTheActCurtain at gmail.com.